Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to week six of Is It Worth It? The film review podcast where we go out of our way to see all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. My name is Craig Fields. And I am David Long. What have we got coming up on today's show, David? Well, we have a lot coming up on today's show. We'll be starting off by having a look at the prestigious awards ceremony, which is the Oscars. Uh, As well as this, we'll also take a look at last week's box office results with our box office rundown. And we're going to be reviewing a number of films this week. We're going to be taking a look at Game Night, starring Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. Uh, Finding Your Feet with Emilda Stanton, uh, Sila Imre, Timothy Spall, David Heyman and many, many more. It's a top-notch cast of British talent. We'll be taking a look at Red Sparrow as well with Jennifer Lawrence and Joel Edgerton. I can't say his name. I've probably said that incredibly wrong. Uh, but they go head-to-head in this politically charged spy thriller. And finally, we'll be taking a look at the Oscar Award-nominated, didn't win, but Oscar Award-nominated nonetheless, Lady Bird with the amazing Saoirse Ronan. Looks like we've got a, quite a good show coming up. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> um, what else have we got? We've got some emails. We've got... Um, I think that's it, really. Didn't really sell it there, did he? No, didn't. We have emails, <laughs> we have Oscars, we have film reviews. What more could you possibly want? Mm. Either way, have you had a good week? Because we had a week off, didn't we? Well, we did have a week off. Um, those of you who live in the UK will have been well aware of the beast from the east, which caused destruction and chaos. It, it caused major destruction to my car. Yes, Craig had at least one accident. Well, nearly had two. I nearly wrote my car off on the first one, and that was terrible. It well, it was. A shame. You weren't there. No, it was terrifying. It just you just skid down a hill, basically. I did, and nearly went into a brick wall. But you didn't. Um, cinemas were closed for a few days, which was disappointing. So we couldn't really bring you anything last week due yeah. to adverse weather conditions. But we are here this week, nonetheless, and we're looking forward to the show. Yeah. So without further ado. We shall crack straight on with our emails. So our first email is from Rich Hindley. Uh Rich says, hey guys, let me start by saying I absolutely love the podcast. It's been quite helpful in helping me decide which films I want to see. It's very funny and the banter between you guys is hysterical. After listening to the, your reviews, it's clear to me that I have the same taste in the films that you, as you guys. So I know I can trust your opinions and I will enjoy the films. I have recently seen two films which you deemed worth it. They were The Post and Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. I really enjoyed both these films. The Post was an incredible film to watch. It's clear to see why Tom Hanks was voted online as the greatest actor that will ever live. And Meryl Streep's performance was equally as brilliant. Um, You know, the relationship between the actors made it very and a very enjoyable watch. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is a very di- is very different from the first film but equally as good. The comedy was excellent, the action was pretty much non-stop and I thought the actors done a great job. <laughs> it was also really quite nice to see a small tribute to Robin Williams's character Alan Parrish. As long as a long-time fan of his, it made me smile and I'm sure lots of fans will appreciate it also. The question the film review podcast, is it worth it? In my opinion, yes. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys, and I look forward to the future episodes. Rich Hindley. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because, let me just tell you, Craig spends his whole time telling me, put your phone on aeroplane mode, put your phone on aeroplane mode, it'll interrupt the podcast. And then his phone goes off twice. Fantastic. Uh, Justice. Sorry. Anyway, Richard, thank you very much for that email. Um, we do Nobody appreciate will be found. Um, um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, Rich. Uh, Richard, also responsible for the art on our um, podcast. Which we have failed to mention for six weeks running. We mention it on the website. On the website, we say thank you. But Richard, thank you very, very much for the artwork. It is brilliant. We love it. And um, we really appreciate everything you do for us. So thank you very much. And thank you for the email. And we're pleased you enjoyed Jumanji. I know you're a big fan of the original. Um, so cheers for the email. If you do want to get in contact with us, please email us at mymailisworthit at gmail.com. Got it. Well done. 
Um, other ways to contact us is via Twitter at film is worth it. Um, or you can contact us on Facebook, which the link will be in the bio. We have one more email to read out. David, you're going to read this one, aren't you? I am going to read it. Do you want to get it up on the big oh, screen? Please do, yes. So our next email is from uh, Jonathan Spicker. And Jonathan says this. Hi, guys. Firstly, I want to congratulate you on the podcast. Really enjoying listening to it. You both clearly know your films and the laughs you have are great entertainment. Well, thanks very much, John. Just put on there. Um, my reason for the email is I assume you'll be covering the Oscars. Yes, we will. But would love to hear your views on what, um, in my opinion, is the Academy losing their way in awarding the prestigious awards. Take the winner of Best Picture, The Shape of Water. I cannot believe that this is the best film of the last 12 months. The film's plot is beyond ridiculous. Basically, the movie centres around the love affair of a mute woman and an amphibious lizard man who is partial to a boiled egg. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, yet it is a completely serious movie. I can't believe it. If I saw the, million, the movie six million times... What a... Well, yeah, John, six million. Um, I... It would not be enough for me to understand it. Never mind see how it won Best Picture. God help poor David if he ever comes across one of these beasts. It would probably fall in love with his gleaming skull. Most people do. Um, I feel the Academy have got lost in making political statements. Um, and no doubt the, re the, the reason for The Shape of Water winning was for the world to realise that egg-loving lizard men are people too and need to be treated equally. Well, yes, that is true. When you think of all the great films that have won Best Picture or not even been nominated, I find the recent award-winning winner, <laughs> 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 you guys know your films better than me and perhaps can explain to me what the Academy have seen in this film for it to win one of the most prestigious awards. Or perhaps the Academy are really keenly interested in eulogy. Love the show, John. Well, John, thank you for your email. Um, can we ring him up? We're going to ring him up live. By the way, eulogy is the study of bird eggs. You said that better than you told me how you said it to me earlier. Um, or, or study or interest in bird eggs. I had to Google it because I thought it was a, a typo. But we can ring him up live yeah, on the show. Yeah, come on, do it. Do it now. Do it now. Yeah, I've, I want to ask him if he's seen the film or not. Now I've got to take my phone off airplane mode because you made me put it on it. We can have a little jingle perhaps here. Yeah, a bit more elevator music. Or we can just leave it like this. He's probably not going to pick up. Oh, he's going to pick up. We should have had this lined up. Will this come through, will it, straight away? Yeah. What, do I just press? Don't press anything. Just keep the volume up. There you go. Oh, here it. we go. Are you sure you talk into that bit? Are you going to... You speak to him first. Do they need to be on speaker? Even an abusive voice message. This is the Vodafone voicemail service for... Oh, oh no, his number's being read. Please see the message after the tone. When you finish recording, Say please hang up or press the, the hash key Jesus, for more options. Say something funny. After a 12-minute voice message about why Craig loved the film, John called back. Answer Hello, John. Yeah, hi there. Hi, it's Craig. You're live on Is It Worth It, the film review podcast. Oh, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, we've just read out your email. Oh, no. And we, we just want to know whether or not <laughs> you actually watched the film. Uh, I, I walked out of the film, to be honest. So I just couldn't stand it. You, you actually walked out? Yeah, I got, yeah, and I was very surprised to see it uh, won an Oscar. It won Best well. Picture. Yeah, but ha ha how? I mean, that's why I mean my email was. I mean, obviously you guys are experts in this field. <laughs> I um, yeah, I mean, from well, I, like I mentioned the email, the plot baffled me to be honest, I and mean, then it seemed to involve. <laughs> woman who couldn't speak falling in love with a lizard man <laughs> whose only sort of claim to fame was his love for boiled eggs <laughs> no uh, no I, I i see where you're coming from and and where david sort of compared it to, to free willy as well it you know it is baffling in some senses but at the end of the day this is a, a love film um it's a fairy tale a modern fairy tale it's a beauty and the beast fairy tale and it won, and I'm, I'm glad it won. 
Really? Yeah, well, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I just think of great films that won the, the award in the past, you know, The Godfather, it's stuff like true. that, and then you, you've got this, but I suppose that's the modern times. So. I mean, yeah, the last yeah. sort of genre film to win, I think, was Lord of the Rings, the, the third one. That was the last sort of. <laughs> I don't think John will be a fan of that either. If I'm honest. <laughs> I, I don't. No, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind all of them. I mean, I, I've seen all three of them. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. You know, class them in any of my favourite films, and I haven't ever watched them again. But I, I can at least appreciate them. They're sort of, you know, on the base of a popular book and stuff. But yeah, this lizard man and his eggs. <laughs> battles, but... Well, I, I'm sorry we couldn't answer your your question a, a bit better. I think it's uh, mm. it's it's a bit of a marmite film. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say. Well, the... no, I appreciate I appreciate you calling me and at least trying to explain the the craziness behind mm. it. Uh, yeah. And I, well, well, I look forward to listening to the show. Yeah. Well, uh, cheers, John. And um, yeah, when it comes out on DVD, I'm sure you'll be one of the first to buy it. Yeah, I think so, definitely. All right, mate. Well, will, we're going to say I goodbye. Will, uh, watch it with glee, with a uh, boiled egg and some soldiers. <laughs> All the best, mate. Cheers for being on the show. Yeah, cheers. Bye. <laughs> cheers, mate. Bye. Well, there you have it. John Spicker. Um, recently engaged, getting married later in the year, so congratulations to him and his congratulations. partner. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Top bloke, good bit of banter. And um, look... What I was going to say is the first time I watched this film, I watched it with Craig and I really wasn't a fan. I really, I was almost angered by it. I just thought, this is rubbish. Um, watching it the second time, there is no doubt Del Toro is a very talented director and it, 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 it's beautifully shot and it's well directed. And I liked it much more the second time. I managed to sort of say, okay, let's go with this idea. And if you really go with it, then... It's... You do have to embrace its strange plot, and mm. you you do have to take it as a modern day fairy tale. You know, it's it's probably not as good as Pan's Labyrinth. Have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? No, no. Go and see that as well, uh, mm. or watch it on uh, on DVD or something, and then tell me and compare it to Shape of Water. Next week we'll sort of have a little chat about that, I think. Um, mm. But I I still think it was well deserved. Maybe three billboards, maybe was the one that was going to win it. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk books, about that but... in the, in the uh, Oscar review. Yeah. The one thing I will say, the last thing about Shape of Water is the person I went to watch it with the second time came out and said, I'm not sure whether I loved that film or hated it. And I think that sums this film up. Yeah, it really definitely. is very, very much love or hate. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, that's our emails read out for this week. Thank let's... you very much, Rich, and thank you, John. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to Enjoy our boiled eggs. box office <laughs> rundown. This is the Box Office Rundown, brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Yes, we're looking at the box office for the weekend of March the 2nd to the 4th, 2018. And we're going to start from number 10. David, where are we at number 10? At number 10, we have The Boiled Egg Loving Lizard, Shape of Water. It's mm. been in the box office for three weeks. Above it, Finding Your Feet, which we will be reviewing on today's show. And above that, <laughs> <laughs> we have I, Tonya at number eight. It's been in the box office for two weeks. Uh, number seven, Coco. Uh, it's been in the box office for seven weeks now. It's about to go out of cinemas. So if you do want to see Coco, get down to the cinema as soon as possible. And it won an Academy Award. What the bloody hell is that at six? Uh, don't know. I think it's um, a foreign language film. Cobra. Cob. <laughs> Cobra. 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 IT Mouthfly! At six. <laughs> At five. Ladybird. Uh, again, we'll be reviewing that today. Saoirse Ronan is fantastic in that. Four. Game Night. Literally just seen that in the cinema. At three, we have The Greatest Showman, been in the box office for 10 staggering weeks and has taken £34.9 million. You went and saw 
The sing-along version. I did, yeah. So exactly four weeks ago, I said that this would be in the box office for another seven, eight, nine weeks. And here we are, and it's still there. And 34.9 million. I can't even say it. It's that much money. How was the sing-along version, though? The sing-along was bizarre. Um, So I saw it in my local uh, Cineworld. Little plug there for them. And it was half full, so the atmosphere was a little flat. Did anybody sing along? They did. There was a number of people at the back who were not only singing along, they were dancing and wearing false beards. One can only assume they were on some sort of mind-altering substance. Did anybody think it was weird that they were singing along? Yeah, the bizarre thing about this was that some people were really like, just looked miserable. What is the point of going to mm. a sing-along film and not singing along? There is no point. So I would say, if you're going to go and see this in the sing-along version, because when, when people did start to sing along, it was, it was quite good fun. Go and see it in a, in, a, in a full cinema and go with people who want to sing along. Otherwise, basically, you're watching the film, not enjoying it because everyone's singing along. But if you sing along, it makes it worth it. But it's still there. Ten weeks, £34 million. Pounds. In at two, we have Red Sparrow. That's been in the cinema for one week and it's taken £1.9 million. We're going to be reviewing it on today's show. Um, and then finally, at number one, we have the staggeringly brilliant uh, Black Panther, which has been in the cinema for three weeks and has grossed more than The Greatest Showman at £35.8 million. This is worldwide number one. Mm. So this is this is obviously the hype has been believed and it's it's doing very well for itself. Mm. We are trying to keep the box office rundown quite swift, but I will say I went to see Black Panther and if you are going to go and see it, I thoroughly recommend it in the IMAX. It was visually stunning. Um, it was original. It was new, unique, culturally relevant. Uh, some Well, all black actors, pretty much. I mean, there's got to be some rising stars to come out of this film. And if you're a fan of Marvel films, this has surely got to be one of the best. And it brings us on to the new Avengers film where the Black Panther is involved. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Daniel Kaluga. He he was in Black Panther as well. He was in the Oscar-nominated um, Get Out, Get Out, which he was also up for Best Actor, I believe, as well for that. He was, yeah. Um, so he is definitely a rising star from um, from from the, in the Marvel universe and in other films as well. Uh, and who else was there? And we also had Michael B. Jordan, who was in the new Rocky film Creed, and they're making a sequel to that as well. Um, he was also very good. Yeah, so I I expect to see big things from him as well, possibly at the Oscars next year, if he's got anything good coming out, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's our box office rundown, nice and smooth, which segues straight into our next segment. Are we not doing the full rundown? Or are we just going to skip that? Nah, you do the full rundown. The you always full do it best. rundown. Number 10, the Oscar nominate, Oscar, Oscar. Start again, Oscar start again. Oscar winning Oscar. I'm having a breakdown. So at 10, we have the Oscar winning The Shape of Water with the amphibious lizard man who is fond of a boiled egg. At 9, it's Finding Your Feet. 8, I, Tonya. 7, about to go out the cinemas is Coco. At 6, is the unpronounceable Kabayati Melfly. At 5, Ladybird. 4, Game Night. 3, Still There, The Greatest Showman. 2, Jennifer Lawrence in Red Sparrow. And at number 1, the fantastic Black Panther. It's that time of year again where we talk about the Academy Awards from Los Angeles. It's the Oscars by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. <laughs> what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> I like how you said live from Los Angeles. It's actually live from a shed in Hemel Hempstead. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't call this a shed. My dad will go mad at you. Uh, he's, yeah, but he's always mad, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. Uh, so this <laughs> is what we're referring to. It's the Oscars. It's been the Oscars. We've got many awards to talk about, um, but most notably we'll talk about the best motion picture of the year, which was The Shape of Water. We had other films up for this one. We had Darkest Hour, Get Out, Phantom Thread, Free Billboards Outside, Ebbing, Missouri, The Post, Lady Bird, Dunkirk, and Call Me By Your Name. The only one of those that I hadn't seen 
was Call Me By Your Name. Um, don't know if that was the same for you or not. But... Yeah, I haven't seen that either, actually. Um, well, I it was definitely a close call for me. I, I certainly thought it was going to be either The Shape of Water, Free Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, or Ladybird. I thought that was going to be mm. the, it, the one, two, three sort of It really of was scenario. A, a bit of a two-horse race, actually. But the betting, just, just before the Oscars, did start to, to change. There seems to be quite a bit of money for The Shape of Water. So people had obviously clocked on to the fact that this had a better chance than originally mm. thought. Um, I thought it was going to go, and I said on the show a few weeks ago, it was going to go the same way as the the BAFTAs. I thought Del Toro would certainly win Best Director, but I did think Three Billboards would win Best Picture, and I'm disappointed it didn't, because I think overall Three Billboards is a better film. Yeah. Um, I think it's more emotionally intense you'll laugh you'll cry i think the acting's better i think the script's better i just think it's a better film it's it's an oscar film if you know what i mean oh it's a, it's it, a traditional oscar yeah. film whereas get out ladybird um they're not really your usual oscar winning films but it would have been great to have seen get out mm. win you've seen get out I, i've get seen out the trailer a few times and it looks it's, brilliant. It's, it's a brilliant film it's really like a black mirror style um racially um charged mm. film and and it's it's a horror as well at the end of the day so for that to be nominated for a best picture award with daniel kaluga playing that main role i think brilliant really really good uh moving on unless you wanted to say something well no else. i was just i mean we had an email from richard a few weeks ago uh he was a huge fan of dunkirk i was a massive fan of this film I've got to say, for a film of its quality, there was no talk about it. It was, I mean, it was never even considered a winner. It was just nominated. Um, and I think on other years, that that could have won. Uh, Dunkirk's a brilliant film. It did win the Oscar for, I think it was sound um, mixing or something, which I actually personally would have liked to have seen that go to um, Baby Driver, um, which that was also up for. Let's have a look. Blimey, yeah, Baby There's, Driver. Have you seen that? I haven't, no. So um, we had Baby Driver, is, yeah. yeah, there it is. So best achievement in sound mixing, which went to Dunkirk. Um, I really, really wanted to see Baby Driver go for that because I thought the sound mixing in that was fantastic. The soundtrack was brilliant. The the way that the visuals um, were mixed in with with the sounds as well was was superb. And it was also up for for best film editing as well, which mm. go hand in hand with with the sound as well. Again, of... Dunkirk won out on that one as well. I mean. The difficulty with with Dunkirk being difficult to edit would have been that it was shot on 65mm IMAX film as opposed to uh, the digital concept of um, the usual digital cameras, which are like the Arri Alexas uh, and RED cinema cameras, Mm. which you do get a bit more flexibility. But out of all of the films that are are nominated here, a lot of the films were were filmed either on digital in Arri Alexas, on Arri Alexas, or on 35mm there's 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 a not that many films that were shot on 35 mil mainly because of the how much it costs um ladybird was shot on ari alexa get out was shot on an ari alexa um baby driver i think that was 35 mil uh the post was 35 mil phantom fred was actually i think was an ari alexa as well there it, there's there's definitely a mismatch of of digital and 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 film still going on in the industry um, i mean to be fair i did say about dunkirk i mean it has one uh, best achievement in film editing, best achievement in sound editing, uh, best achievement in sound mixing. Yeah, so it's so it taken a lot. Of te- yeah, in the in the technical aspect, it it won out, but I think in obviously plot and story, it lost out a bit there, didn't it? Yeah, I was just looking for because um, the Blade Runner film. Yeah, uh, so that was cinematography. That yes, one. and that that cinematographer has been nominated. Well, it's like twenty five times. Yeah, I think. and he, in over forty years, and he's never won. And Blade, I tell you what, Blade Runner uh, two thousand forty nine, that was a bizarre but beautiful, stunning, beautiful, stunning beautiful film. film. Yeah, so cinematography on that definitely. So yeah, Dunkirk worth. has won a little bit more than I thought actually. Um, but let's move swiftly on to best uh, performance by an actor in a leading role. Uh, Gary Oldman won that, and rightfully so. There's not really a lot else we can say about that. No, I mean, he. it, it was to be expected he was going to win that. Mm. Um, it would have been nice to see Daniel Kaluga win for Get Out, or um, Timothy Sh- uh, Charlemagne. he was also nominated for Call Me By Your Name, and there was a lot of talk about him 
possibly being the next person second after Gary Oldman to actually winning that. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. I, I last mean, film, apparently. His, apparently his last film. Uh, he, he was brilliant in it, but you know, as a standout performance for Oscar, as, as an Oscar winner, no way. Definitely mm. not. Um, and then best performance by an actress in a leading role. Now, Frances McDormand won this, and rightfully so, because she was absolutely fantastic in Three Billboards, which you still haven't seen, and I've been urging you to see. Yeah, no, I will be going to see this very um, soon. But let's briefly talk about Margot Robbie. Yeah. In Sally the, in Hawkins. I, yeah, in, and Saoirse Ronan, because all three of those in different years would have won. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If Free Billboards Billboard was not in this year's uh, Oscars, it would have been incredibly close. Sally mm. Hawkins probably would have probably would have pinched it, I think. Um, but Margot Robbie and I, Tonya, it was her role. She she was, she, she was brilliant in that. She She produced the film as well. Did you know that? She was the producer on it. I did not know that. No, so this was all her film, pretty much, bar directing it, obviously. But she was producing it. She was starring in it. She, I, she didn't write it, but she had a lot of input in it. Um, so, yeah, definitely could, she probably would have been but, second I there. mean, Sally Hawkins, I feel that may have been a, her chance and her chance lost. Margot Robbie will definitely win an Oscar again. Meryl Streep will be nominated because she always is. I mean, she's been nominated since the, you know... I think Dawn of time. Probably, probably the first Academy Award she had a bloody nomination. She, I don't, she wasn't even born, but they nominated her. Um, Saoirse Ronan, Ladybird, we're reviewing that today. She is different gravy, in my opinion. Um, best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Sam Rockwell run, won that for three billboards, and he's brilliant in this film. Worthy um, of it, though? Um, or was it just his time? Well, if you, if, you, if you look at who else was there, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Which... Brilliant performance. He, yeah, he, I mean, he's fantastic, Richard Jenkins. Wood, uh, Woody Harlson in Three Billboards. Yeah, for me, Sam Rockwell um, was the worthy winner. Mm. Christopher Plummer in um, All About the Money in the World. It's all the Money in the all World. All the Money in the World, sorry. Um, you know, he shot that in 12 days after replacing Kevin Spacey for... Yes, what, yeah. yeah. There was all sorts of problems with that film. Wasn't wasn't Didn't Mark Wahlberg come in as well? Uh, was, Mark Wahlberg had to come in for the reshoot and was actually ch- given a lot more money than, than the, the uh, leading actress in the yeah, film. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, and then he and he was don- terrible in it. Apparently, yeah, yeah, he really he was, he was uh, wasn't. Yeah, bothered about it. No, he donated. But he, fair dues to him. He donated his his fee for doing the reshoot uh, and gave it to charity. So fair play to him for that. But it was only after people were saying, yeah. "Hang on a second, Michelle Williams should be getting." The same, not eighty eighty pounds a, a day. I think she was getting. Yeah. Compared to how one, much? Eighty pounds a day compared to one point two million pounds. Mark Wahlberg got for doing the reshoots. Eighty pounds a day. I mean, you can get more for labouring. Yeah. You can. Not that there's anything wrong with labouring. I'm just pointing out that. Yeah, and it's, it's ridiculous, ridiculous isn't it? It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Sam Rockwell, worthy winner. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role went to Alison Janney in I, Tonya, and I think she deserved yep, that. 100%. Uh, although Octavia Spencer was nominated for The Shape of Water, and she was brilliant, and she's always very, very good. Um, best achievement in directing went to uh, Del Toro, and do you know what? I think that was probably the right decision. Um, yeah, I agree. Isn't it interesting that Three Billboards wasn't even nominated in that character uh, category? It is, yeah, it is, in- it is interesting. Um, but Jordan Peele for Get Out, really, I think it could have been between them two, to be honest with you. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, yeah, but his time will come again. Uh, uh, what else have we got? Uh, best original screenplay, winner, Get Out, 100% behind that. I mean, Lady Bird could have been second on that. Um, and then we've got best adapted screenplay, which went to, who would that go to? Uh, it went to Call Me By Your Name, um, which apparently definitely worth for that one. And then you've got after that, uh, we've talked about all the other ones pretty much. And I think the other ones we're not really worth bothering talking about, really. Oh, well, animated. you can't say that. Any any Oscar Craig is worth talking about. <laughs> possibly not on a show of, I mean, best hair and makeup went to Darkest Hour. No surprise there. Ah, yes. Best achievement in music written for motion picture. Went Coco. to Coco. So Coco beat The Greatest Showman. You still haven't seen Coco, have you? I haven't. Go it's... and see it. I, tell, I told you, it's, it's a fantastic film. It really is. 
And it also won Best Animation as well. Best Live Action Short Film, uh, The Silent Child. Uh, Rachel Shenton and Chris Overton. Uh, Rachel was uh, an ex-Hollyoaks uh, actress, and she's gone on to win an Oscar for her best... Um, and uh, not animated, her <laughs> best live action short film. Um, she did it. She had a brilliant, did a brilliant speech. Uh, yeah, and she did sign language as well, which I thought was fantastic. It yeah. really got across the point of the film, and I think that was a very deserved Oscar. Hmm. Um, we could talk for a long, long time about the Oscars, but we shan't. No, we're going to keep. We we've kept it relatively short because we do have four other reviews to do, <laughs> and uh, we're going to go and head straight on into that. Our first review is Game Plan. Game Plan. Game night. Game plan. That starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson was out about four years over. ago. They all cross oh, over. They all cross over. No, it's game night. If you've scrolled through your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or done anything remotely connected to the internet, you've probably seen an ad for a subscription service, something like Dollar Shave Club, Five Four Club the Birch Box, and many, many more. You may be wondering, what is the big deal about subscription boxes? Well, Package Media is here to tell you all about them, but not just tell you about the box, but the person behind the package. Come join us and listen in as we interview the creators behind these businesses so that you can understand not only the product, but the passion behind their services. Come check us out at Packaged Media. We are subscribed. We are packaged. So if you enjoy other podcasts and you want a recommendation from us, Packaged Media is a good one. You can find that on Podium as well. It's podium.co uh, and you'll be able to find it on there. So we're going to go straight into the review for Game Night. Let's bring that up onto our big screen so we can have a look at the uh, information. So what is Game Night, you're all asking? Well, if you've seen the trailer, it looked pretty poor. Um, I we, we went in with very low expectations because the trailer really didn't sell it to us or it didn't sell it to me anyway um game night is a, basically about a group of friends who regularly meet um that's jason bateman rachel mcadams they're they're in partnership together they're in love together and they play games together um and they find themselves trying to solve um a, a little bit of a different game night which is like a murder mystery and it spirals basically all out of control mm. Um, you saw this not too long ago, literally a few hours ago, really. Yeah, I saw this a few hours ago. So it it, it is what the trailer suggests. It's a, a group of guys who meet together and they play board games and stuff like that. But they try and mix things up a little bit. And uh, yeah, things get ridiculously out of hand and no one knows why they're getting out of hand. And it's basically it's a classic farcical comedy. Um, so it doesn't take itself too seriously. So that and there are a lot of laughs in this, and they do come very, very thick and fast. Um, a very good cast, very good script, um, and the the premise, the plot is very, very simple. But it gets more and more ridiculous, and there's a few twists and a few turns, and there's a brilliant performance from Meth Damon, <laughs> uh, not which, Matt Damon, Meth Damon. So uh, Jesse Plemons, who looks like Matt Damon, but on meth. Um, and he's got the nickname Meth Damon because he's obviously in uh, Breaking Bad. Let's uh, take a listen to one of the clips from the film. Who the hell are you? Now, wait a second. I know you're meth and all, but you can't just come in here and break the door. I do not mind this game. You crazy? Guys, make sure you get a piece of this cheese. It's just... Come here. Go ahead. Nice back. And the Independent Spirit Award goes to... Let's go! Bye-bye. First one that follows us gets shot. Okay, Roger that. You drive safe. That was amazing. That was really good. And that's the point in the film where... Everything seems to be get turned on its head. It's where Brooks, who is Max's brother, um, played by Kyle Chandler, sort of gets abducted. Uh, and everyone believes that this is part of the murder mystery. Is it part of the murder mystery? Is it not? Nobody really quite knows at this point. Um, but it really turns itself on on its head for this part of the film. 
And as I was saying before, we go into this film with low expectations and I found myself really, really enjoying this film. I, there was a lot of laughs in within the film um, and the plot twists as well, I thought, were, were hilarious as well. You are of the different opinion after you came out of the film. You You came out thinking differently, didn't you? Not necessarily. I'm not saying this was a bad film. It's just not quite as good as I was expecting. So if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 80% rating by critics and by audiences you said you'd really enjoyed it so i was expecting it to be a little bit better than it was that's not me saying it's bad uh i was just expecting a little bit more Mm. because from the trailer you've get you've got some uh, some laughs in the trailer already you've got um some terrible one-liners i thought um but the script was actually a lot better than than the trailer had depicted, and and for me ultimately it was it was a much better viewing. I, I went in with an audience that actually were there participating in the sense that there was a lot of laughs coming from the audience. However, your audience there wasn't many people yeah, in so there. I, or I went to an afternoon viewing today, and it was quite a small audience, and there was no hysterical laughter like I've had in yeah. quite a few recent viewings. Um, so the audience was a little bit flat, which doesn't help. I was actually laughing more than anyone else. Um, what I will say about this film is, like you said, I think there are a few jokes that really go amiss, and there are a few parts that are supposed to be funny that aren't, but the comedy is so quick, it's it's joke after joke after joke, that you forgive the ones that miss, because plenty of them do hit. Um, and like I said, Jess, Jesse Plemons, who plays... Uh, a police officer who lives next door to Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. He never gets invited to game night. He's the most dull man you could possibly (laughs) ever meet. He's just had a divorce. His life is miserable. Um, But he is like the neighbour from hell in the sense that he's so weird. But for me, he was hilarious. He, He made the film. Yeah, he was brilliant. He was very, very good. I mean, Rachel McAdams as well. She was great. Jason Bateman, great. Um, even Sharon Horgan, she was fantastic as well. I mean, there was there was it was a great cast, really yeah. really good cast, well scripted, lots of laughs. I, I think that ultimately makes for a great film, an entertaining film at, at least as well. So, if you want to ask me the question, Craig, game night, is it worth it? Yes, this film is very worth going to see in the cinema. It's not worth going to see in anything bigger than just standard screening, <laughs> but. Um, it's worth going on a date night, perhaps. Um, date night to game night. Date night to game night. I think that sums it up quite nicely. Uh, so yes, it's worth it. Go to the cinema and see this film. Welcome back. Uh, we'll now be reviewing Finding Your Feet. Uh, and this is a feel-good, uplifting, uh, well, rom-com, really, um, that also touches on some fairly serious subject matter um, with a very good, uh, fully British cast, including Timothy Spool, Joanna Lamley, uh, Imelda Stone. Joanna what? What? <laughs> Did I say Lumney? <laughs> <laughs> we'll play it back later for you to listen to, but it's Joanna Lumley. I said Joanna Lumley. You didn't. <laughs> What did I say then? Join a lamble. <laughs> the way you said it. And the overall premise of this film is we have uh, one of our main characters played by Imelda Staunton. Um, and her husband has recently been given an OBE or an MBE, some sort of award from the Queen. Uh, he's become a lord. She's become a lady. Uh, they're reaching their golden years, uh, about to you know set off into the sun together and retire. And on the day of the award... Um, at the house party, uh, she discovers her husband having an affair and it becomes evident that this affair has been going on for many, many years. Um, She then leaves the house and goes to stay with her sister who lives in a fairly rough council estate in London. And uh, if you have a listen to this clip, it will show you um, what I'm talking about. So I've left him. I tried calling your landline, but apparently you've changed your number. Years ago. You might have let me know. I expect it's been cut off anyway. Or perhaps you've buried it. I 
can only imagine what everyone is saying back home. Now, I know we weren't exactly in our honeymoon period, but I just imagined his libido had naturally declined with age, but it turns out he's been bonking her behind my back for over five years. Now, what has she got that I haven't got? She's a mistress, Sandra. It's a fantasy. It's all a blood. This is bloody real. I'm going to offer me a drink. Oh, sorry. Um, well, I've got peach brandy or grappa. Yes, please. Well, that should stop anybody rummaging in your drawers. I should be so lucky. Hello. Charlie, this is my little sister, Sandra. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Lady Abbott. Oh, honoured, even. Uh, all right, well, uh, sounds like you've got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, I'll see you on Thursday, Viv. All right? Bye. Lady Abbott? So that clip comes from fairly early on in the film and it sets the scene up nicely, really, for what is to come, which is uh, Sandra uh, really discovering herself. Um, Her sister, Biff, is a sort of a a real live and let live, bit of a hippie, likes to smoke pot, uh, is fond of cheap alcohol. Her best friend, Charlie, who's played by Timothy Spall, sort of... Uh, he lives on a canal boat. He has a sort of 1960s van. And they're really just the complete opposite of Sandra, who is a very stiff upper lip British, sort of looking forward to a, a good retirement and spending all the money that they've earned. Uh, and Sandra wants nothing to do with with Biff, really. She's gone there because she has no nowhere else to go, uh, which says a lot about the circle that she lives in, actually. She hasn't seen her sister for many years. And slowly and quite comically, we see their relationship start to blossom. Yeah, they they reconnect with each other again, which is a really lovely thing to see. Um, and and you see Sandra sort of very slowly coming out of her shell, connecting with um with with Biff's friends as well, uh, and going dancing as well. Which which you know Sandra during her youth was a very good dancer and she's re re well finding herself again, finding her feet, which Ooh. is exactly what this film is about. Just a note, though, if we just uh, scroll up on that screen here, what do you think of the poster? It's well, pretty terrible, isn't it? Well, actually, yeah, the poster is a bit odd. It's it's not a great poster. It really doesn't sell the film. The 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 audience that would go to this film are mm. people who are watching Call the Midwife because it's actually been sponsored by... Well, Finding Your Feet was sponsoring Call the Midwife. Oh, and, okay. And the audience that I went to went with... I went with my mum. And you went with your mum. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, the audience were pretty much middle-aged women from maybe about 30 upwards. um, And I was pretty much the only guy that was in the room, in in the viewing. I tell you what, you made a very good point about the poster there, actually, because it it just looks like old British actors dancing, and that's just not going to appeal to people of our age and gender, probably. Definitely not, but... I I really 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 enjoyed this film. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it's got all of the British cast members that you could possibly want in there. Yeah. I mean, most people of our youth are gonna are gonna know Amelda Staunton from Harry Potter. Um, she was the evil Dolores Umbridge. She was very um, good, in and that. she was fantastic in that. And so, if you are one of us who loved her in that in Harry Potter. Um, then you'd probably want to go and see her in this because she's a, she's a comical genius. She really actually is. Timothy Spall's also in Harry Potter, uh, yeah. and so is um, the other lady. Uh, which one? Uh, I'm going to make myself look like an idiot. I'm sure Celia Imray is in Harry, one of the Harry Potters. Oh, well, I'm not sure actually. We'll oh, have to okay. have a look at that. We'll have but... to cut that out the podcast. <laughs> um, we don't necessarily have to. But yeah, could... Timothy Spall. Well, Timothy Spall is in every Harry Potter as a rat. He is. And then secretly. <laughs> secretly, yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Finding Your Feet. No, you're right. The poster isn't particularly appealing, but this is a good film. The The comedy's good. Um, the, I, the one criticism of this film is it's very predictable. Yeah. And so if you've seen the trailer for the film mm. as well, all of, well, most of the good laugh out loud bits are in the trailer and obviously we go to see a lot of films so yeah. we've seen this trailer over and over and over again so when it came to the laugh out loud moments in the film I found myself going well I knew that was coming but yeah. for those people who hadn't seen the full trailer mm. or don't go to cinema that often hadn't seen the full trailer actually they made me laugh as well because they were laughing with the film so yeah. go to a viewing that is a late viewing that has a lot of people going yeah. to it that's nearly fully booked because you will enjoy it more with a fuller audience 
yeah, I when I first saw the trailer, I I laughed a lot, uh, mm. and that and that tells you everything you need to know. This is a funny film, but also there is some really serious subject matter here. I'm not going to go into what it is because I want people to experience the emotion themselves. But with age comes deteriorating health, and this touches upon upon that in in a really moving way. I was quite upset, yeah. and I I never I never cry in the cinema. Um, the closest I've come to is uh, the Green Mile, where I was really choked up. But this really, at times, was really moving. Yeah, it does very well to to capture the the raw sense of life. Mm. Uh, you know what happens when you get older, and 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 that's that for that instance. But as well, it, it does capture the the funnier side of life as well. Yeah. And 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 even in those situations where it is quite dark you can draw some humour out of it as well. Mm. So I, th- I think the directors have done a, re- a really great job here. The writers have done a really great job as well. And and all of the cast, I think it's a great British film. It is, yeah. And there's there's they plug uh, a couple of times Age UK, the charity, mm. and they include a few statistics, quite alarming statistics, about old people and uh, the amount of old people that die every year because of the cold and because of lack of heating. Um, and... Like one review I read says, you know, you've got all this serious stuff, but yet you're laughing throughout. And it is predictable, but it's predictable in a good way. It What it does, it does well. You know what you're going to get, but when you get it, you're pleased. Absolutely. So let's ask you the question, David. Is it worth it? Yes. Uh, as uh, me and Craig both said, we both went to see it with our mum. So I'd recommend going to see it with your mum. Uh, I really enjoy going to see it with my mum. Um but not only that, it's it's worth it for for all ages, from teens right up to you know mm. people in their sixties, seventies. With Mother's Day coming up, yes. I think it will be you know a great time to take your mum to go to the cinema to to see the film or your partner or just go with somebody. It's a film to go to the cinema with your sisters, your brothers, whoever. It doesn't it's really matter. Film. It's a family film to go and see a film with somebody, essentially. So yes, it is worth it. I agree with you. Go to the cinema, see the film. We're now taking a look at Red Sparrow. This is Jennifer Lawrence's latest outing. And essentially what this film is, is a politically poignant drama mystery spry, spy thriller um, set in Russia to begin with. Now, Jennifer Lawrence plays a ballerina who has the unfortunate incident where she ends up breaking her leg. And to carry on living in the comfort that she's living in, she has to do something for her uncle. Now, her uncle is a high-level security official within the state of Russia, and he asks her to go and maybe seduce a government official. Whilst doing so, she witnesses his murder, and now she's given the choice. Die or become a sparrow. Now, a sparrow is essentially a spy that seduces other people uh, to get information. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence plays this part incredibly well. Um, but the film, the film's a 15, and I'm not sure it's, it should be a 15. We, it's a film that you don't expect Jennifer Lawrence to really do the things that she does in this film. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, so actually this film was originally classified as an 18 uh, and they forced the director to remove one particularly violent scene and that reduced the film to a 15 now having seen it I I still think that's the wrong classification there's a lot of violence in here including sexual violence um, frontal nudity it's a a pretty heavy film it's really gritty Um, and like you said, it's it's. I mean, for people who fell in love with Jennifer Lawrence, like I did in The Hunger Games, this is not what you expect from her. This is for for the, the most valuable actress on the planet. This is a real risky move because she's literally bearing all in this film. Um, it's got a very good plot. It's uh, very poignant and very relevant, actually, with what's just happened in this country with that ex-Russian spy being the victim of a poison attack. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the film, but I believe Craig has selected a clip for you to listen to. So have a listen to that and then we'll tell a bit more about the film. From this day forward, you will become sparrows. 
weapons in a global struggle for power. Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must learn to intuit what is missing, become the missing piece, and they will give you anything. Take off your clothes. Your body belongs to the state. Since your birth, the state nourished it. Now the state asks something in return. You must learn to sacrifice for a higher purpose. To push yourself beyond all limitation and forget the sentimental morality with which you were raised. So that's a clip from Red Sparrow where Jennifer Lawrence's character is being uh, inducted into Sparrow School uh, and you hear the matron, played by Charlotte Rampling, basically telling them that their lives are pretty much as good as over now. Their body belongs to the state and they will use their bodies for the benefit of the state. Um, And that is not only in physical violence, but also in, in a sexual way. And it's all about using your mind and your body to manipulate your target and get the information out of them that is required. So she's ended up in Sparrow School after two unfortunate incidents, being injured in the ballet and then witnessing this, this murder of a, of a government official. And that clip shows you what Craig was talking about. This this is really in your face. You know, take your clothes off is one of the first things that Jennifer Lawrence's character is told to do. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's, it's a tough one, you know, because what I want to say about this film is what stands out to me is the, the the scores on Rotten Tomatoes, and Craig probably thinks I'm obsessed with uh, Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> but critics and audience score is both 50%, and that tells me and, and you, I think, everything you need to know about this film. It's right down the middle. It's It's not a bad film, and it's not a great film. It's a solid film, but it's solid in an uncomfortable way. There's something not quite right about this film mm. in my opinion this it's there's and maybe that's the point i think it is i think it's the point to make you unsettled in what you're seeing and at the same time it really questions your beliefs as to whether or not this is a, a you know straight down the line to the point is it what's happening mm. is this real is could this be happening and to be honest with you, with all the news that we've seen recently from Russia and America and all the other incidences that have happened over the years with Russia murdering ex-Russian uh, spies and, and, and other spies, it really does give you an insight into what it's like being part of a spy, you know, whether it's CIA, Russia, you know, MI5, all of those things. And I, I think the, the American um establishment within the film as well played by uh joe egerton i think it is joel joel sorry um he plays nate nash um i think he did actually a pretty good job Mm. within the film He, he kept it on you know uh a pretty straight line but you kind of it was kind of predictable for me and i said to you halfway through the film i whispered to you i said I think it's going to go exactly the way that we see it's going to go, even though they had some plot twists throughout. Um, and there were some pretty violent plot twists within it. Yes. Um, like, really horrific. Um, you know, it did go the way that we I, I thought it was going to go. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the part that I think the film let itself down. I think it did become slightly predictable slightly mundane at slightly at certain points it was very long at two and a half hours it could have been a bit shorter um but nonetheless it it was okay i think is the word to describe it as whilst also being unsettling unnerving and and rather in your face um and i think that's all we really need to, to say about the film other than we've pretty much captured everything that we wanted to say yeah i think jennifer lawrence is fantastic in this film uh, it is too long, like you said. And what lets it down is the script as well. I think some mm. of the cinematography in this in this film is is fantastic. Mm. I mean, really mesmerizingly good. But the 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 script isn't as good as the plot, and the script isn't as good as the acting. Because if the script was as good as those two things, this would be a an award winning winning film. Yeah. Um, 
but it's it's fifty percent, and 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 it will divide people. And and there, you know, there's violence, sexual violence. But I think I think we can give people an answer. So should I? I'll ask you the question, Craig. Yeah. I've forgotten the name of the film. Red Sparrow. <laughs> Red Sparrow. I was about to call it Black Sparrow. I was thinking of Black Panther. <laughs> Craig, Red Sparrow. Is it worth it? Um, yes, it's worth going to the cinema to see this. I think the cinematography allows it for it to be seen in the cinema because it is it is well shot. Um, but if you're over, the, if you're if you're 15, don't go and see this film. I don't think it's it's really. Uh, I think age related. It's it's not. Shouldn't be a fifteen. You do realise by telling fifteen year olds not to go, see it. Yeah, they, they will, will go and see, see it. Now. Yeah, I know. It, it is very, very, very violent, and I think it's it should be an eighteen. If anything, I'm surprised. I didn't know it was a fifteen. I yeah. assumed it was an eighteen. Yeah. It. Yeah. Would you go and see it in the cinema? Well, I have seen. It. I know. I mean, is it, <laughs> is it worth it for you? For me, it is worth it, and I would like people to go and see this and email us about it because this will divide people. I think mm. some people will say this is brilliant. Other people will say, "Oh, this is awful." You know, there is. I mean, there's some pretty extreme sexual violence as well, um, and what it says about the role of women in Russia isn't great, no. really. Yeah, um, I agree. But Jennifer Lawrence is fantastic and visually it's stunning, but it is a bit long. But nonetheless, it's worth it. Go and go and check it out and please do let us know what you think. My name's Paul Newbegin. I've rudely interrupted your listening of Is It Worth It? to tell you about another podcast which is far superior to the one that you're already listening to. No, I'm only joking. I love Craig and David. Listen, uh, if you're interested in food, I interview the UK and the world's best chefs only on The Past Podcast. Available on iTunes, Acast and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Just search The Past Podcast. So that was Paul Newbegin, the founder and presenter of The Past Podcast. A fantastic podcast. And if you love your food as much as Paul loves his, then do check it out. Yes, and swiftly moving on to our last film, which is the Oscar-nominated Lady Bird. Well, um, I'm a big fan of this film. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, Go on, give us the Rotten Tomato stats. I know you love them. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, well, I did say that I was going to not mention the Rotten (laughs) Tomato stats. No, but I think it's actually quite relevant. It is quite relevant. 99%. That's critics massive, like massive. this film, um, and they like it because it is a fantastic film. It's fantastically directed. It's a debut direction from uh, Greta Gerwig. It's her first uh, film as a director, and it is fantastic. Uh, she's also a producer, and I think she wrote it as well. Yeah, she's the writer on it. Um, Saoirse Ronan is brilliant, and it's basically a coming-of-age drama but it's also so much more than that it's set in 2002 in sacramento california and saoirse ronan's character is well coming of age she's questioning everything from sex to relationships to money to drugs her future Uh, she has a very tense but loving relationship with her mother she has a number of different boyfriends uh oh it's a brilliant film um and in this clip she's in the car with her mum uh, and it perfectly sums up uh, what this film's about. Have a listen. I want to go where culture is, but like New York, or at least snob. Connecticut or New Hampshire, where writers live in the get woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom! You can't even pass your driver's test. Because you wouldn't let me practice The way enough. that you work, or the, or the way that you don't work, you're not even worth state tuition, Christine. My name is Ladybird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Just, you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College, and then to jail, and then back to City College, and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. <laughs> So that clip basically just sums up the film so, so well. It's the mother-daughter relationship um, that is going askew. As soon as Lady Bird is having an argument, she literally just throws herself out of the car. And that's how sort of what a force of nature Lady Bird is. You know, she will throw herself out of a car if she is not getting her way. And it's hilarious, but also touches upon some 
really difficult subjects as well. Difficult subjects for what would be teenagers who are obviously coming of age. And that is that is this film. You know, what you just said earlier to me before we sort of went into it. So much happens, but nothing really happens as well. You know, do you want to expand on that a little bit? So, yeah, so, you know, in, in terms of what happens in the film... Not a lot. In t- in t- there's no action. You know, the the plot doesn't actually move that far. In terms of you've got a girl who's who's looking to go to college, and I won't tell you whether or not she makes it or not. But that's basically what the film's about. But in 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 that short journey, so much happens emotionally and in her life, and it touches upon so many different themes of adolescence and relationships, and it does them so well. Uh, it's directed in a very interesting way as well. It's very snappy. Yeah. Uh, it moves from one scene to the next very, very quickly. And each scene is quite short. And it's a little bit higgledy-piggledy, but in a in a way that reflects Lady Bird's character. It's very unsettled and very, this is happening, then that's happening. And you're not quite sure what's going to happen next. But that works. So it's directed in that way for a reason, I think. And it oh, works. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely agree with you on that as well. This is a small scale production um, uh, with an incredibly small budget and it has just blown everything out of the water in in the sense that it's just done incredibly well. Um, You know, it's nominated for five Oscars. Um, Obviously, it didn't win any of them, but it, you know, it was still nominated for for a first time director. Um, It's like the third time Saoirse Ronan has been at the Oscars nominated, I believe, as well. it, that, that says a lot about how good this film is and how popular it is as well. So there's, you know, there's other themes as well that I wanted to touch upon. It was like the religious aspect of the film as well. And she, she's, she's a non-conformer in that sense. And I think that's, a, you know, a lot goes on in the world today that that reflects the, the, the mindset of a lot of younger, young adults um, these days as well with religion is it poignant or is it not? And 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 I think Greta Gerwig captured that essence very well. Um, whether or not it's worth going to see in the cinema, I think that's a question that I'm going to put to you right now. David, is it worth it? 100%. Uh, I think this is a fantastic film. Saoirse Ronan is phenomenal and uh, she was brilliant in Brooklyn as well, uh, which she got uh, an, an Oscar nomination for. Uh, she will win an Oscar in the future, but this is a great film. It, I really think it is. I I just for a do, for a for a debut director to produce a film of this quality on the budget she did is fantastic. But like I said, if you go and see it, don't expect fireworks. This is an emotional coming of age film. You know, there, there's not a lot of action drama, uh, but there sort of is at the same time. Yeah, I mean, she jumps out of a car. Yeah, it's 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 worth seeing because like it's I hilarious. Said, you know. It's, and it's very funny as well. Yeah. There's some really good comedy. Saoirse Ronan, I'm, I've said about four times now. I'm so impressed with her. Yeah, she is, she is a class A actress, without a doubt. And not a lot of people have heard about this film, though. Because when I text my friends, they say, oh, you know, on Snapchat, what are you seeing now? Ladybird, what's that? Well, it's... It's been out in America for actually quite for quite some time, and it, on the back of it being so popular in America, and then being nominated for the Oscars, it's come across the pond essentially, and and it's doing very very well. I know it took a long time for it to roll out in in the cinemas. It was only showing at a few cinemas, and as it grew in popularity, we were able to go and see it at our local one. It took us a while to go and find a cinema that was showing it until it was rolled out further. Um, so now it is rolled out further. It's worth you going to go and see it in the cinema without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and it will li- make you leave the cinema thinking, you know, how much of a horrible person you can be to your mum and actually want to go up to her and just give her a bit of a hug, really, at the end of the day. Oh. But it's true, isn't it? It is. It it's, is. It's, it's a great film. And I, I know, I know most of it is like a mother-daughter relationship, but it can be for anybody, whatever, you know, son and, the, son the, and mother. The, the father-daughter relationship yeah, is yeah. brilliant as well. And uh, one of the main, other main characters played by um, Lucas Hedges, he's he's great in this film as well. And we see him coming of age as well. And, 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 and a lot of the other uh, teenage characters... Well, you've got Timothy Charlemagne as well. He's in this film. Um, you know, Call Me By Your Name, he was in there and nominated for Best Actor as well. Yes, so, so you've got Saoirse Ronan nominated for an Oscar for this film and then Timothy Charlemagne 
in the film who's nominated for an Oscar in another film. Brilliant cast, brilliant film. Go and see it. Simple as that. Thank you very much for listening to week six of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so via email. Our email address is mymailisworthit at gmail.com or you can tweet us at filmisworthit or you can get in touch via Facebook. The link will be in the description. Coming up on week seven of Is It Worth It? We will be reviewing five films, including Gringo, Mum and Dad, Walk Like a Panther, Wonder Wheel and the new Tomb Raider. Should be a fantastic show. Please do make sure you download the episode next week. And thank you very much to our two emails this week from Rich and Jonathan. Basically, the movie centers around the love affair of a mute woman and an amphibious <laughs> lizard man who is partial to a boiled egg. God help poor David if ever came across one of these beasts, it would probably fall in love with his gleaming skull. Gleaming skull. Gleaming skull. Gleaming skull. Gleaming skull. 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 skull.